Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The third epistle of John, verses 11 and 12, say, Beloved, do not imitate the evil, but the good. He who does good is of God. He who does evil has not seen God. To Demetrius... Testimony has been borne by all and by the truth itself, and we also testify, and you know that our testimony is true. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker for our last life study from the Epistles of John. Bob, thanks for joining me for our grand finale today. It's good to be with you, Matt. These three epistles from the Apostle John really focus on one main point, which I think we will see in this broadcast, and that is the matter of the truth. This word truth is a very particular word used by the Apostle John in his three epistles. And the truth here is really uh, speaking about the basis of our Christian faith. And this faith is the very foundation of all our experience and our enjoyment of the triune God. Bob, the title of this second and last life study from Third John is Imitation Not of the Evil, But of the Good. As we'll see, there's two people in here that are named, and I'd like to read verses 9 and 10, which we already named Demetrius, a positive example. There's more said in verses 9 and 10, so I'm going to read them now, and then I'll let you make some more comments before we go to the life study. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not receive us. For this reason, if I come, I will bring to remembrance his works, which he does, babbling against us with evil words, and not being satisfied with these, neither does he himself receive the brothers. And those intending to do so, he forbids and casts out of the church. Terrible situation there with Diotrephes. Bob, your comments. Well, of course, Diotrephes is the evil. When John said, do not imitate the evil, he really was referring to Diotrephes, who in this epistle was really an example of a class of people, I would say. I couldn't call them believers, but they are people who had something to do with the church. And in his first epistle, John called these people antichrists. These people were heretics. They promoted heresy concerning the person of Christ, and Diotrephes was such a person. And in this epistle, John, of course, uses him as the evil example, the evil that we should not imitate. Okay, thanks, Bob. Let's go to Witness Lee now for the conclusion of the life study of Third John. 
the second uh, uh, main point in this book is imitation not of the evil but of the good. John gives us two illustrations, one bad, one good. The evil example is uh, the self-exalting the artifice. I wrote something to the church, but the artifice who loves to be first among them, among all the saints in the church, does not receive us. This is against the word of the Lord in Matthew 20 and 23, which keep all the believers on the same level. We all are brothers. The point here is this, whether the Gnostics desired to uh, be advanced in doctrine, or this evil one, the artifice, to be the first, the prince with the same, they like to be above others. What is this? This is altogether a kind of arrogance, a kind of pride. Today, the problem still of this two. One is in doctrine, one is in practice. We all can see what is the subtlety of the enemy. That is just to annul the enjoyment of the triangle. Satan's subtlety is just to annul, to destroy, either to distract you from the enjoyment or to cut you off or to destroy your entire enjoyment of the triangle. And today, you look at the situation. Even Bible teaching is utilized by the enemy to keep the believers away from the proper enjoyment of the triangle. We're just fighting for this. Fighting for the truth, not the doctrine, but the reality. That is the very enjoyment of the triune God. Verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate the evil, but the good. He who does good is of God. He who does evil has not seen God. That means has not enjoyed God, has not experienced God. Verse 12, another example, that is Demetrius. To Demetrius, testimony has been borne by all. And by the truth itself, that means you walk in the truth, and you bear the truth, and you carry the truth, and this truth testifies that you are okay. And uh, we also testify, the apostles, and you know that all testimony is true. Bob, we see in this third epistle of John that the enemy came in to steal the believer's enjoyment of God away through the pride and ambition of diatrophies. We still see this today, don't we? Yes, uh, I really appreciate Witness Lee's word here that exposes the intention of God's enemy, Satan. Why do we have uh, people who teach heresy, like, in this case, Diotrephes? And why are there in the church some who are proud and arrogant and who desire to have the first place among the believers? You know, this is absolutely contrary to the Lord's word in 
the Gospel of Matthew, where the Lord said that we all are on the same level. We're all brothers. None of us is above the other believers. But here Diotrephes, contrary to this word of the Lord, wanted to be the first among the believers. Well, Satan has a strategy in raising up the heretics and the arrogant ones who are ambitious in the church. His strategy is to cut off, to destroy the enjoyment of the triune God among the believers. If he can invade the church with some heretical teachings, especially teachings that are against the truth concerning the person of Christ, then uh, our enjoyment of the triune God is annulled. We enjoy the triune God by believing the truth. And John is fighting in his epistles for this matter of the truth. He mentions it again and again. He warns the believers to be on guard against the Antichrists who say that God did not become a man, that Jesus Christ is not God who became a man. Why do we have to keep ourselves in the truth? Because it's in the truth and through the truth which really means the reality, the revealed reality in the Word of God. It's through the truth that we are ushered into the enjoyment of the triune God. If the truth is taken away from us, then we lose everything. We lose our experience, our enjoyment of God. And this is Satan's strategy. By our enjoying the triune God as believers, we're built up to be the body of Christ, which is the goal of God's economy. So... We can see the strategy of the enemy in raising up these evil persons within the church, those who propagate heresies against the truth and those who are ambitious to be the first. Satan's strategy is to rob us of our enjoyment of the triune God through these ones. Now, of course, on the other side, we have the very positive ones. Here we have Demetrius, who was one held to the truth, who lived and walked in the truth, who labored and worked for the truth, this one was a positive example, and we should imitate such positive examples. We should not imitate the evil ones. We should imitate those who do good by enjoying the triune God. Everyone who enjoys God will be a doer of good. That means he will hold to the truth and he will live out the truth in his daily life. But those who do not enjoy God, they will become evildoers and they will be used by the enemy to damage the church and to destroy the enjoyment of God among the saints. You know, verse 11, Bob, it, it uses this phrase, do not imitate the evil but the good. And then it says, he who does good is of God. He who does evil has not seen God. So those who are doing the evil, those who are desiring to have first place, they don't see God. But it also implies that those who do the good, who support the ones who work, they will see God. That's right. And seeing God, as Witness Lee pointed out, means enjoying God and experiencing God. This is a wonderful thing. This is the primary thing in God's New Testament economy, the enjoyment of the triune God. We're going to see in the next section the uh, the central point of the enjoyment of God, 
and uh, it's related to a wonderful person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Before we go to that next section, I want to just conclude the thought of this first portion by mentioning the verses, particularly Witness Lee said in Matthew 20, verses 25 through 27, and then chapter 23 from Matthew, verses 8 through 11. So if you want to go back and read those verses, they tell you exactly what we just heard. Let's go on now to Witness Lee as we continue our life study. The thought of these three epistles was this. At his time, heresies, heresies, one after another, came out to drug, to poison, to uh, annul the saints from the very enjoyment of the triune God. And these Enjoyment has a central point. That is, God became a man. And this man, after accomplishing the redemption, became a life-giving spirit. This is the underlying thought of the writer. You may ask, in these three epistles, We could not see such an underlying thought. Well, it is here. You know, in the first John, it says, God sent his son a propitiation. And God sent his son a savior. And God sent his son that we may live through him. And he also says, the son of God was manifested to destroy the words of the devil. Sending his son, this implies incarnation. And what is incarnation? Incarnation is the son of the Trinity came with the Father by the Spirit. You know, when she was conceived, he was conceived by the Spirit to be born a man. The Trinity is altogether wrapped up, involved in the Incarnation. And the Incarnation issued in a man by the name Jesus. So, this man surely was a wonderful man. This man was a wonderful man. I would say, Bob, the most wonderful man who's ever lived. Let's stop a moment and talk about this wonderful man whose name was Jesus, God incarnate to be a man that we could enjoy him, which is the central point of these books of First and Second and Third John. Marvelous, Matt. God incarnated to be a man so that we can enjoy the triune God. What a marvelous focus and central point we have in the epistles of John. As we read through these epistles, we can see that John was fighting a battle against the heresies that had invaded the church. These heresies were the heresies of the Gnostics, the Cerinthians, and the Docetists, all of whom taught some kind of deviant teaching about Christ, the God-man. Mainly they taught that Christ was not really God who became a genuine man. There was something not according to the truth in their teaching, and John was fighting the battle to keep the believers in the truth. Because if they stayed in the truth, 
they would remain in the enjoyment of the triune God. And you know, this truth, as Witness Lee pointed out here, really involves God becoming a man. In order to be our enjoyment, the triune God had to be incarnated. He had to put on flesh and blood like our flesh and blood. Right. He had to become a genuine man through human birth. And you know, the wonderful thing about the incarnation is that it involves not only the Son of God, but also the Spirit and the Father. You know, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1 both tell us that Christ was conceived in the womb of the Virgin by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was involved in the incarnation. And when the Lord was living on the earth, he told his disciples that he was not alone, but the Father was always with him. You know, the concept that in the incarnation, the Son of God came down to the earth to be a man, and the Spirit and the Father remained in heaven, separated from the Son of God, is really not according to the truth that's revealed in the Bible. Actually, the incarnation of the Son of God is the incarnation of the entire triune God, including the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So it's through his incarnation, then his human living and his death on the cross and his resurrection, that this wonderful triune God who became a man could become ultimately our enjoyment, our life, our everything, so that we could enjoy him for the fulfillment of his purpose. So this truth concerning the incarnation is a basic and fundamental truth of the Christian faith. It's impossible to be a genuine Christian without believing the truth concerning the incarnation of the triune God, right? We have to believe that Jesus Christ is God himself who became a man. This is basic, but the heretics, they teach differently. But John was here fighting for the truth to keep us in the enjoyment of God. What a wonderful salvation that our God would go through such a step to reach us, to become a man, to humble himself, as it says in Philippians, to become a man, to lower himself, and that we could enjoy him. You know, if you're listening right now, and this is a new light to you, I really hope that the result would be you would enjoy the Lord. He really wants you to enjoy him. He went through a lot to reach you. Turn your heart to him right now and enjoy him as we continue the life study and we go to the conclusion right now and then we'll come back for a concluding fellowship. This man lived on this earth for over 33 years and he went to the cross and he died. After that, he rose up. By rising up, he entered into resurrection. In resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. And this is, their sayings, this is the truth. Could you see this? This truth implies divinity and humanity. And this truth also implies incarnation. And this truth also implies crucifixion, redemption. And this truth implies resurrection, salvation. My, this truth implies all what the triune God is. All what he has obtained and attained. All what he is 
doing and he will do. This reality implies so much. This all-inclusive reality is the truth, which is the basic factor of the structure of his writing of the three pieces. This is the truth. At his time, one heresy came after another. The intention of the enemy is just to annul this truth. Either to distract people from this truth or to befuddle people's mentality concerning this truth. Whatsoever. Then he wrote the three epistles. And the three epistles just revealed to us one main point. That this truth should be our reality. This truth should be our life, should be our living, and this truth should be kept in our fellowship, and this truth should be fully applied to our entire being. In everything, in every way. Wow, this is a tremendous word. I appreciate how Witnessly speaks so much about the truth of the Lord's person and work. But it's not for doctrine. It's as he concluded, it's for being fully applied to our entire being in everything, in every way. Your final comments. That's right, Matt. The truth should ultimately become reality to us. What is the truth? The truth is that the triune God was incarnated to be a man, lived on the earth for 33 and a half years, went to the cross and died an all-inclusive death to accomplish our redemption, and then on the third day resurrected to become a life-giving spirit. Now, all that the triune God is, all that he has done and all that he has obtained and attained is now in this life-giving spirit. This life-giving spirit enters into us to make the truth a reality to us and even to make the truth our life, our very life for our daily living as Christians. We should walk in the truth. We should live our Christian life in the reality of what the triune God is, of what he has done, of what he has accomplished, and what he has attained. This is all in the life-giving spirit. And we should also keep this truth. We should not be distracted away from it or allow this truth to be taken away from us. But we should apply this truth to our entire being in everything and in every way. What a marvelous word concerning the truth. The truth is not doctrine. The truth is reality. And this reality is just a triune God himself, plus all that he has passed through in becoming a man and living a human life in dying on the cross, in resurrecting from the dead, becoming a life-giving spirit. Now, this person, with all that he has experienced and gained and attained and obtained, he is the truth, he is the reality, which we need to apply in our Christian life and in our whole being. Isn't this marvelous? Very marvelous. This is God's desire. Of course, the enemy's desire is to take the truth away from us so that we will no longer enjoy the triune God. But God's desire is to have this truth wrought into our very being and to become our personal reality. You know, there's a lot here of him being our personal reality, and I was just thinking as you were sharing just the title of the Lord in Resurrection, the Life-Giving Spirit. 
If we would just have this alone as our reality. I mean, many people listening right now may feel a little dead, may feel a little weak. Well, just to experience Christ as the life-giving Spirit, if He could be real to you in just this way, you become enlivened. You have more strength. You're more living to face the situations or problems you may be in. Bob, we've run out of time. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure, Matt. And thank you also for joining us. If you'd like to get the printed materials that go along with this Life Study program, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. Or if you don't want to get the printed book, you can go to ministrybooks.org and actually read to get ready for the radio programs right on the internet well on behalf of bob danker this is matt miller thanks for joining us today thank you for listening to life study of the bible with witness lee Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These life study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.